Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone. Anthony is back. So welcome to Be the Gospel. Tonight he's going to teach on revealing truths, walking out Father's grace. Hi, Anthony. I'm so glad you're home. Yes, it's good to be home. Thank you very much. It was a wonderful trip in Europe. We saw God do some amazing things uh, in people's lives through prophecy and also healing and a number of other things. So it was just a, a very productive trip. It was just I mean, there's no words to put into what God's doing. <laughs> yes, he's been very, very busy. Very busy. Yeah. Yes, and, you know, I'll be sharing some of the testimonies today from this trip because it, it really exemplifies the grace of God and, and the biblical grace, not favor, right? Um, but as we've talked about in the past, how favor means preference in today's translation, but it's not what it meant in biblical times. And so simply walking out the grace of God with God is is what's important because you begin to realize he's given us everything, everything. And, you know, I've stumbled onto some, some other things recently that have completely shaken me to the core, Dorothy. <laughs> and I don't know why I haven't seen some of these things before um, or or why God's bringing them to my attention now other than the fact that he keeps telling me it's time to raise the standard. And I know we're going to talk about God's grace um, today, but just a little bit about what he's been sharing with me is getting back to the simplicity of truth and and getting back to a place where where we realize the premise or the the foundation that we were standing upon is not correct you know if we look at church history um we can look at from the catholic church on the only thing we've done is we've put a band-aid on the church and how it's supposed to be ran compared to going back to the model that Jesus laid out or the model in the book of Acts of how the church is supposed to, to act and operate and what they understood in, in during that time as well. It's, it's completely different from what we have in, in the body of Christ today. And that's, that's what's scary. That's, that's the main thing that I'm concerned about is if, if we get back to, the simple truth that the Church of Acts understood and walked out, we'll rock this world in five years easy. You know, if believers wake into the simple truth, it it will dramatically change everywhere we're at. 
I mean, for instance, let me. I, <laughs> I try not to go there, but <laughs> let me give an example, right? So one of the one of the things that is remarkable is that in the church we've been taught that we're lacking. We're lacking gifts. We're lacking power. We're lacking intimacy. We're lacking this. We're lacking that. And this is one of the biggest lies the church believes about itself. The body of Christ believes about itself. And this is what I mean. We're trying to put a Band-Aid on things to try to fix things instead of going back to what Jesus actually says and stand on his truth. Stand on what he says compared to changes. The It completely changes everything. And a good example is oftentimes we pray the lie, and I've been guilty of it, and I know other people have been guilty of it, is God be with me. All right? It's an innocent prayer. Mm-hmm. But God is always with us. Yes, we're calling God a liar. Yeah, yeah. In Matthew twenty-eight twenty, he says, "I'm with you, even to the ends of the age." So, here God is saying, "Look, when are you going to believe my word? When are you going to be? When are you going to grow into maturity and take me at my word? Look at Jesus." Perfect example. Jesus never contradicted in his entire life, never contradicted what the Father said about him. Not even once. You know how amazing that is? And that's who we're supposed to grow up into. So I'm working on a series that I've been calling The Lies That We Have All Prayed. Because we've been taught to pray these lies and believe these lies that we are lacking. And that is, that's what's hard, right, is showing people, because that's, that's basically what we do, is we travel around the world, we show people they have everything in Christ Jesus. They have all the power. They have all the authority. They have all the dominion through Christ Jesus operating in Christ Jesus, right, and how you operate in the Spirit is simply walking with God and, and, and operating in the, in the Spirit is, is very simple. It's very easy. And this is how we walk out the grace of God in our lives is we make it this complicated thing of I need to earn a relationship with God. I need to do these things. And it sounds ridiculous, right, when you when you put it in that terminology, because you're like, how could you ever earn a relationship with God? It's impossible. But guess what? Step straight into a perfect relationship with God through Christ Jesus. And this is what Paul is trying to ex- explain to the New Testament church. is like, hey, you have it all. You have a perfect relationship with the Father. You don't have to earn anything. You know, I, I know a lot of people, they resent praying. They resent fasting. They resent praying in tongues, all these other things, because they see it as, I have to earn intimacy with God. 
But that's not the grace of God, is it? It's not the work that he accomplished, that he finished through Jesus Christ. Because the work that he finished is simple. And in the end, Jesus didn't say to be continued. He said, it is finished. It is done. So we step into the work that Jesus accomplished, into his grace. And and he made it so simple. <laughs> he made it so easy because he took care of all the hard work. It's it's not complicated. It's just a matter of being surrendered and obedient to his word. This is how we walk out grace with the Father. Is willing to be completely surrendered to him and obedient with him. And you know, Dorothy, you know, we've, we've tried to record the show a couple of times. <laughs> and, I know. <laughs> and, and we walked through scripture and we went through it and just kind of showing exactly how it happened. And it didn't work out. And I, and I wonder if it was just kind of God telling me to step back and and look at it from this perspective that he's been showing me lately. Because you begin to realize there's so much that God, that Jesus Christ accomplished in his life, death, burial, and resurrection. And we, we hardly take time to ask why. Why did he do it? Right? We, we've known that certain people, they say, well, he did it for, to reconcile us back to God. Yes, that's uh, actually 100% correct. Yes. Um, he, he did it to get rid of sin. Okay. D- did sin be eradicated from the world? Is it completely gone? Well, no. Okay. So, understand. I, I agree that it, he did it for the remission of our sins, right? It's, that's biblical. It's scriptural. Uh, but what prevents the devil from just making you sin again? And you fall all over it. Right? Unless he comes into you and brings the very nature of God, which completely changes everything. It's a game changer. So when you have his nature and you begin to walk out his life in you, changes everything. Right? Because we think walking with God is such a hard thing to do. It's it's such... It's such a hard task, and he's a taskmaster, and he's driving, and he's, you know, sitting up in heaven like Zeus or the Godfather, which is waiting for you to make one mistake so you can send the lightning bolt down or, or send somebody to, to knock you out and so you can sleep with the fishes. And it's so far from the truth. It's, it's, it's crazy to even think that about a beloved a benevolent, loving. He's saying, look, I've freed you from the shackles of sin nature. So you're no longer a slave to sin. You're a slave to righteousness. You can't help but be righteous and do righteous things and do what's right because of the new nature you have through Christ Jesus. Now, anytime you step out of that, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. 
Anytime you step out of that, then you're operating in your flesh, and this is what's warned against in Galatians overall, right? We we like to pick on the law in Galatians, but in, in truth and reality, what he's pointing out, you can see plain and clearly in chapter 3 of Galatians. It says you started off in the spirit, and now you lean on the flesh? Well, think about what I've just been sharing with you earlier, right? We start off in the spirit saying, there's no way possible I could earn redemption. There's no way possible I can earn this new nature that comes only through Jesus Christ. But then we say, there's this whole checklist of things you have to do. You have to do them. Right? And and so this is why I always ask. And Adam and Eve, when they're walking with God in relationship with God in the garden, did they strive to have a relationship with God? From what we know, there was no striving. It was only enjoying relationship with God. And then we have that same thing in Christ Jesus. We have perfect fellowship. We have perfect intimacy. We have perfect relationship with him. But if we think we're lacking, then we're always chasing our tail. We're always chasing something that is already given to us. You know, I was listening to E.W. Kenyon, and he makes a perfect quote. He makes a perfect statement. He says, doubters always ask God for what's already theirs. And this struck me to the heart, Dorothy, because <laughs> I'm like, how many times have I been guilty of this? Yeah, that's going through my I... mind now. How many times? Yeah, how many times have I done that? And so, what God's wanting us to do is wake up to the reality of His grace, what He's already accomplished—that it's done. It's not something we need to earn. It's already been earned through Jesus Christ. So how do we keep it? How do we walk in this? Jesus made it simple. He said, all you have to do is be willing and obedient. And do my commandments. Right? That's all he says. We can find it all the way through John. Is if you if you follow my words, you are my disciples indeed. If you obey my commandments, I live in you, and the Father lives in you, and you live in us, and we are one. Right? Because what happens as you do the the word of God? What happens as you're obedient? Is the word of God becomes flesh? Think about it. It takes on flesh, healing, laying hands on the sick, becomes flesh because what? You are doing it. So what happens? The word of God manifests in your life, through your life. Oh, and there's so many scriptures to get into on this, right? As you walk out the word of God. So Jesus lives through your life. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ, but yet I live. Not I, 
but it's Christ who lives in me. The, the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who, who gave himself for me. And so you begin to realize, oh, my gosh, I'm no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. And so be obedient to walking out what God says, and this is how we abide in the finished work of Christ. This is how we become untouchable. This is how we walk out grace that God's given us, abiding grace, is simply being willing and obedient. He's not looking for robots. He, you know, we said that over and over. He's not looking for someone that he can punch in some programming and they just fall. No, no, no. He's looking for a relationship. He wants you to see and value relationship with him above all else so that you trust him and walk with him. Think about this. You can only trust somebody as much as you can trust their word. Right? You can only and you trust can't trust God. someone you don't know. Right. Right? right. You can't put... Yes. So... Go ahead. You're going to say something else? <laughs> no, it's just that you can't trust someone you don't know, and you can't know them unless you have the relationship and you communicate. So it's all... Intertwined. It is. It is. And you, you begin to, for me, I begin to realize God is completely trustworthy. He's absolutely trustworthy. Doesn't lie. It's, it says it's impossible for him to lie. He's no respecter of persons. The, one, the way he treats one, he treats all. And I have 13 different verses in the Old Testament and New Testament that clearly states that over and over and over. But yet we want to take the word grace and make it favor as preference, right? And no, he doesn't preference one. He's pleased with us. This is where we want to get to. This is where we want to be at. And think about this. Are you in Christ Jesus? And I hope your answer is yes. Okay, if not, then contact us. We'll, we'll lead you to the Lord. Right? But if you are, think about this. Jesus is the only person in the entire history of the world that God God the Father speaks from heaven and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Completely pleased it. And you are in him, and he is in you. So that means completely pleased with him. So there's no earning his favor, preference. He's completely pleased with you already. As long as you stay in Christ Jesus. Right? So this is why it's important we begin to understand walking out the grace of God with the Father is simply staying in the parameters of his word. There's a great example of this in Jude. It's a long book, right? It's a super long book. 
But it says that the angels spoke to Satan and says, my Lord rebuke you, rebukes you, right? So he didn't go beyond what God says. He didn't take it to a whole new level, stayed in the parameters of God's work. We see, we see the exact same thing with Jesus. I do what the Father says. I see what he's, I see, uh, I do what he, he, he says. I say what he says to say. I do what I see him doing. Uh, he says this over and over and over throughout the entire Gospel of John. So he never stepped outside the bounds of his word. In fact, you would say it's impossible because he's the word made flesh. How could he step outside the bounds of himself? Right? And not only that, but right. the limitlessness of it because it says how his word framed everything that's seen and unseen. So you begin to realize, oh my gosh, like grace of the Father is so tremendous. It's inexhaustible. And it's not an excuse to sin. Hey, if you're trying to use the grace of God to sin, then you are abusing God. And you think that you're going to get away with it. And Scripture is very clear about that. Grace leads you straight into righteousness. It's the finished work of God. This is why the whole Paul's thorn thing doesn't carry any weight. Everybody focuses on Paul's thorn instead of the answer that God gave Paul. And what did he tell him? He says, my grace is sufficient for you. Why is that important? Why, why did Paul need to hear that three times? Because what God was telling Paul is, I've already accomplished the work. It's already done. It's in your hands now. You're suffering for no reason. Because he admits the reason why he even has the thorn in the flesh is because of his own pride. So if it's an evil spirit or if it's a person attacking him, whatever you think, because we can go back to the Old Testament and prove that it's, it's more than likely a person. Um, some of the translations of the Bible says Satan himself was the one. It doesn't say messenger of Satan. It says Satan, right, went and tormented Paul, depending on which codex you read from. And so there's that conflict as well. So that's not important. What's important is the answer that God gives Paul. He's saying, Paul, it's finished. It's done. Trust in the work that is done. That's why he says, I boast in my weaknesses. Did you know there's only two things to boast in in the New Testament? One is in God, and the other one is in your weakness. Why? Because God shows himself strong through your weakness. And it's not talking about sin. Think about that. 
sin. He's not talking about sin. That's not a weakness. It's God showing himself strong on your behalf where you come to the end of you and you have to completely rely on him to bring something about. So if I'm going to boast of my weakness and say, you know what, I'm not the most articulate person, you know, on blog talk or or as a minister, but I rely completely on him when I speak. I don't rely on what I know. That's easy to do. I've done it before. Right? But this is the grace of God, that we have complete access to his spirit without measure. Because that's in Christ Jesus. And it's what's beautiful about it all. That God wants us to walk with him in fellowship, in relationship, simply by reinforcing that we are spiritual. He created us. We've been born again as spiritual beings. So now we need to feed that spirit man. Not the carnality, not the flesh, not the desires of the flesh, but the desires of the spirit. And the spirit is activated by the word of God. This is how we get to know him, by his word. Because you can't trust him unless you know that his word is absolutely true. Think about this. God is the only being in all of the world has never lied. And if you can trust anybody in anything, it should be him. Science today is coming to the realization that, oh my gosh, the Bible is complete fact. They thought it was made of stories and places and locations and events. And historians and archaeologists and all these people are finding out it's true. God is so much in truth and so true, they can't even tell a lie. Right? God goes back and he tells all the faults of every person. One, One thing I giggle about a lot is every time I'm reading through John, and especially after the resurrection. It says the disciple that Jesus loved beat Peter to the tomb. <laughs> it's like, really? Narcissistic much? Right? <laughs> but you can see the flaws in the people. And just like an egg, there was a story I heard from Charles Spurgeon back in the day, and Charles Ferguson says that there was a young man, he got a job, the egg plant, right? So they're processing, washing, bleaching these eggs, so they look nice and perfect. And he was the egg inspector on the line. So there's about 10 people in line with him, and his job is to look at the eggs and make sure it has no cracks. First day on the job. Next thing you know, he's holding back every egg. He's filling up cartons. 
the manager comes over and goes, what seems to be the problem? He's chuckling, looking at this young man who's holding back every egg. And and he says, um, what's wrong with these eggs? He goes, they all have cracks. He goes, they do. And he looks at them, and the, and the young man stands up from the line. He goes, if you look at it close enough, they all have cracks. And the manager starts cracking up laughing. He goes, it's only the cracks that leak, and be, then that means that the eggs need to be held back. And so when we look at ourselves, it's very easy for us to see the cracks. And some of those cracks, they leak, right? <laughs> they leak the good stuff out of us. <laughs> but the grace of God says you are perfect. You are made in his image. The grace of God says I don't see you after who you were. I see you as a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that's all you need to do is grow up into Christ Jesus. That you become, that you think, that you do exactly like him. And Jesus modeled it out for us. So we, all we have to do is look at Jesus and say, okay, this is how I'm supposed to walk. This is how I'm supposed to live my life. Completely trusting in the Father. And I'm not saying, no, you need to quit your job and roam around just praying for people and raising the, you know, that that would be awesome, right? It would be a lot of fun, scary, but a lot of fun. What if he has you at your job because that's the mission field he's sending you to? What if he wants you to walk out grace, his grace, in your life there? What if that's your training ground? I know I'm very familiar with the rhetoric. Oh no, you need to be in ministry. You need to be called to ministry. You need to go as a missionary around the world. You need to do all these things in order to minister for God. And it's not true. It's simply untrue. You are locked in at work with people that you spend more time with usually than you get to see your family, than they get to see their family. You have the perfect opportunity not just to do your job and do it with excellence as unto the Lord, but you get to impact their lives on a daily basis because you are the one they're exposed to the most in their work week. What I'm hoping by sharing this with you is that you awaken to the reality that, you know what? I can walk this out in my job. I can create disciples at my work. In our breaks, we can have prayer meetings. We can have Bible studies. We can discuss truth. You know what? Longer the days that are over and should be over, that we keep our trust in God to ourselves. People need to see what God is doing today that he is alive and well, God is not dead, right? Just like the movie, God is not dead, and he's still working the miraculous today. He's still answering prayer today. He still communicates with us today. Imagine what your world would look like. Imagine the adventures you go on. 
well, I don't want to be fired from my job. Hey, so it's okay for them to force on you atheism, athe- you know, uh, deism, money, uh, what do you call it, multiple deities on you, right? And all these other things. So you're saying it's okay for them to do that, but you don't get a chance to share. See, this is something that, and I wasn't trying to go here, but this is something that the LGBT community understands well. They are a very small percentage of the United States population. I think it was um, last one done I heard was one less than 1%. Now I think it's risen to 2.9% because they're increasing in influence and they're creating their own base of replication. Right, that's why they're teaching in schools and doing all this other stuff to increase their base, increase their influence, um, which is just ridiculous. But if we take the same approach and we get into these organizations, these major companies, and we decide where these contributions go to for these major companies, and it goes to people who are making impact, feeding the homeless, taking care of the less fortunate, you know, doing all these different things, then it helps a lot more, right? Just like Joseph with Pharaoh in Egypt. Second in command, he got to make some major decisions on where and who had access to the grain that was stored. And all this works into the grace that God has given to us, the plan that he has given to us. And so simply walking with him and feeding our spirit by focusing on Jesus Christ, focusing on his word, not as an obligation, but through relationship, that you're getting to know him better. You're beginning to understand him better. I I can tell you, being in some places, and being surrounded by people with just so much need that they just want you to lay hands. They just want you to pray for them. I understood exactly how Jesus felt when he says, I need more laborers. The sheep are, are, are wandering astray because they have no shepherd to guide. We need more shepherds. And so when we begin to operate and walk with God. But that's what we need to do. We need to forget all these different doctrines and things and that we, we've learned about lacking and missing. And, and realize we don't have any missing parts. We have Christ. We have all. And in him, all things exist. So we have everything. So we have a perfect relationship with the Father. We have perfect intimacy with him. And we get to enjoy that intimacy with him. You get to joke with God. You get to laugh with him. You get to cry with him. You get to fill his heart for people. To fill your heart for the situations you find yourself in. We're not separated from him. He's with us. He's one with us. And that's why I brought it up earlier that it's a lie that we say, well, God be with me. 
right? Because it explicitly goes against his word. He's like, oh, don't you realize I'm so one with you? As a, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's so one with you, there's no separating you. You don't know where he begins and where you end. You're so one. There's no process to to concentrate, uh, concentrate God in your life so that he can be removed from your life. No, no, no. He fills every fiber of your being. And it's simply through relationship that you awaken to this and you begin to walk it out and you begin to see God do absolutely amazing things with you. He doesn't use you. He wants to do these things with you. Because he's so in love with you. He's so in love with those around you that he wants to reach, that he wants to bring into truth. So we have to stop believing the lie that we don't have the full grace of God. We have the full grace of God. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Go read 1 Corinthians one thirty. He's been made to us wisdom, redemption, sanctification. There's so much in that verse alone. Well, God, I just ask you for wisdom. How can you ask him for wisdom when Christ is wisdom, maybe you need to grow into the, the understanding of, of who Christ is and what he accomplished. So you don't need wisdom, you need understanding. And, and here's a great example. We were in Germany. And there was a church we were speaking at. Uh, church of different testimonies. We're speaking at a church, and God, I'm, I'm, tell, I'm talking with one of the guys we discipled um, back in, in another ministry, and I'm telling him, I was like, I'm telling you, walking with God is so amazing, so amazing, because you have the mind of Christ. You have his mind. So you tap in. It's like the Internet. You tap into this, this source that's completely pure, that's complete truth. And he'll tell you about people. He'll tell you about situations, not so you can gossip, but so that you can bring life. You can bring hope and expectation in God, in his promises to these people, that they begin to trust in Jesus Christ, not in anything else. Not in themselves, not in their wealth, not in their wisdom, none of that. But in Christ Jesus. And it's amazing. They have access to it all. Now whether we choose to operate in that access, that's the difference. It's there, it's available. And I'm, I'm saying this so you, because you shouldn't be beating yourself up either because Jesus never did that. Instead, he was constantly placing his confidence in God. 
So we go to this church. I'm telling my friend, she look, it's amazing. Walking with God, being fully reconciled back to God. Forget listing the list of gifts. Those are just byproducts of relationship with him. Those are just things that just happen naturally because you have a relationship with him. Because you're tapped into the source. And because you're tapped into the source, you get to reap all the benefits, all the promises. You became a partaker of his great and precious promise. And it's what, what Jesus is trying to get to the church today, raising the standards, right? And so I said, look, I know this happens everywhere we go now. I hear people's questions as they think them. I don't. I can't tell you why or, or how it happens other than it's through the mind of Christ. He knows their hearts. He knows the questions that they're thinking. So we finish ministering after a weekend. We sit down with the pastor. And the pastor says, we're getting amazing testimonies back in it and amazing feedback. He says, anytime you come back this way, you're more than welcome to come to our church. And and so my friend, who is on, he's a worship leader there, says, well, pastor, what kind of feedback are you getting? And he says, you know, I had a number of people come up to me and say, he's answering our questions as we're thinking them. How is that possible? And I just laughed and said, it's Jesus. We can look at Jesus' life. We saw this on a regular basis. He discerned what they were thinking, what they were discussing amongst themselves. He knew exactly everything that was going on because he knew them. And this is relationship with him. There was another uh, man in another part of Germany where he was just standing on the street. He was depressed in the depths of depression. And the young lady, who's part of the YMCA, passes by, spirit-led lady. God tells her to talk to this man, so she starts talking to the men. She invites him back to the YMCA, where she knows all of us guys are at, and he's an older gentleman, so it's kind of awkward for her. But she stepped out, stepped out in faith. He shows up at the YMCA. He's wearing a leg cast, Right? And I see him, I said, hey, do uh, you have any pain? He goes, yeah, I have pain. I, I broke my foot in three places. I said, oh, okay, well, God's going to show you how much he loves you. I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to heal it completely. He's like, okay, you don't have to believe. I'll believe God. I trust in God. Everybody here trusts in God. And so we're going to trust in God with you. And so pray for the young, this man, this gentleman. He goes, you know what? The pain's gone. He's walking on it without the cast now, with the soft cast. He's moving around, and he's like, it's it's gone. He goes, well, I go to the doctor tomorrow for further examination because they're going to see if they're going to do surgery or they're going to put a hard cast on or what they're going to do. He comes back the next day after he goes to the doctor's office. 
his foot is completely healed. The doctor is absolutely amazed because there's no breakage in the bone. He took three different x-rays to confirm. And he goes, I don't, I can't explain this. I don't know how this happened. And so he begins telling him what happened that he just happened to be depressed and he was standing outside and and God sent this young lady to speak to him and then next thing you know he's getting prayed for and he's feeling the love of God and and what God, how much God cares for him and loves him and appreciates him. And even though he had been through some hard times and hard trials and tests in life and been ready to give up on life, God caught him, caught him by the hand, showed him how much he loved him completely changed this man's life. Complete change. He he rededicated his life to Christ. He He got water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, all inside of the week. Why am I sharing this testimony? I'm sharing this testimony with you because I want you to understand the grace of God. That yes, you are worth it. He loves you. You need to understand how much he loves you so that you can learn to love yourself. Look past your flaws in your life of you trying to measure up to being absolutely perfect and condemning yourself over it. You're only perfect in Christ Jesus. So focus on Christ Jesus and you begin to produce what Jesus produced. You focus on the source, his life, and you begin to live and exemplify and and imitate him in every area. Not because pretender I'm a faker trying to to imitate Christ. No, 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 no. He's changed the very core being of who you are into him. That's why it says he's the firstborn among the dead. The firstborn. So there's many to come. There's many of you that need to go to your grave today, tonight, and say, you know what? I've struggled in vain. I pursued my own failures more than I pursued Christ. I pursued my own inability, my my weaknesses, the strengths that I thought I had, I pursued those more than I pursued Christ. And come to the end of yourself and go down to the grave with Christ and back up again into newness of life and say, God, I surrender completely to you. And some of you I hear you saying right now, well, I, I believe this is God-given. What God's telling me to do, I'm just trying to walk it out. Yes, yes, but you have, it only happens through Christ. You can't do it on your own ability. Jeremiah 9, 23-24. Let not the wise boast in their wisdom, or the wealthy in, in their, the wealthy in their wealth, or the mighty in their might, but that they may boast in knowing the Lord and his will. This is what you boast in. You boast in him. 
you make your boast in him, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think, that he is able to do and accomplish every promise he's ever given because he's not a liar. That you throw yourself completely at his mercy, not because of fear, but because of love, knowing that he is a good God, that he is absolutely good, and he has your best interest at heart. Sometimes it might hurt because you have to let go. You have to put down your pride. You have to humble yourself. It might hurt because it means facing your past and choosing to forgive those who have hurt you. I didn't say it was going to be easy. But it's simple. You trust in God. You trust in Him. Even though your senses, your reality, they're all screaming the opposite. They're telling you, no, no, you can't do that. You're justified in your in your unforgiveness. You're justified in your hate, in your jealousy, in your malice, in your anger. You're justified on this, on these things. And all it is is self-righteousness. Because if God held you to that standard, you wouldn't measure up. Let it go. Let it go completely. And throw yourself at the mercy of Father God. Say, Father, I've messed up. I've relied on my own strength. I've relied on my own wisdom. I've relied on my own knowledge, my own understanding of who I thought you were and what I can accomplish by using you. Because if you're honest with yourself, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to use God to get something that you want. And say, I'm tired of it all because it only leads to failure. Instead, Father, I trust you completely. I choose to trust you completely. I trust your word. I trust your promise. I trust in the full work of Jesus Christ that that is grace that I've entered into. I trust you completely. And I surrender to you completely. So when I read your word, I'm obedient to it 100%. If I read in your word, that believers lay hands on the sick, I lay hands on the sick. It's not me trying to accomplish something. It's only me being willing and obedient. And your word says, if I'm willing and obedient, I will eat the good of the land. And this is where we have to get to. This is how we walk out grace with the Father. It's just being completely surrendered in heart, in mind, in emotion. And he takes this blank and he paints Jesus. He paints Jesus into your life. And you begin to realize how important it is to forgive, how important it is to love, how important it is to walk upright before your God, 
how important it is to be humble, how important all these things is, things are. And when you encounter someone who's not, you don't condemn them. You see them and you have the grace, the same grace of God towards them because you were once there. And you have mercy. And you have long suffering towards them. You don't hold on to any offenses. You don't become bitter because you're so anointed with the nature and the spirit of God that all that stuff, all that junk just slides off you. But you hold on to Christ. This is how we walk out the grace of God. You hold on to him above all else. Romans 4.21 Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to deliver on his promise. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. That's why we are justified by trust. We're justified by trust in him. We know absolutely in every area of your life that God is able to deliver on his promise. So don't hesitate. Don't shrink back. Wholeheartedly throw yourself at his mercy. Because let's be honest, you don't know how to get from point A to point Z. The plans that he's revealed to you for your life, maybe he hasn't revealed to things in your life. Let me take that back. Maybe you haven't listened to the plans that he has for your life. Maybe you don't realize the importance of your role in his very simple. When you go to God and you say, God, show me. God revealed to me what you want me to do. You revealed to me your plan for my life. And then he shows it to you. And I can guarantee you, because this was my reaction, how in the world can I make that happen? There's no way possible I can see how to get from point A to point Z. And God just smiles. And he holds out his hand to you, just like a loving father. And he says, trust me. Because it's not for us to figure out the logistics. Our only job is to walk with him. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy our walk. Don't worry about how it's going to come together. Don't worry about how the plan or the path is going to straighten out before you. That's not your job. You're worrying about it. Isn't it going to make it happen? The only thing you have to do is put one foot in front of another, holding the Father's hand, walking down this path that is revealed before you at every step. This is how we walk out grace. Fully trusting in him. And this is how simple it is. And this is why it's so impactful. This is what Jesus fought so hard for. That he made it super simple for us to do. And once you start doing it, you begin to realize how easy it is. 
And don't fall back into condemnation where you condemn yourself for not doing it in your past all this time. No, no, no. You look at where you're at and you say, Good Father, I never want to return back to that. I want to stay here in your presence, holding your hand and walking out your plan for your glory and for your kingdom. Amen. And I know we've come to the end of our time. I'm going to pray for you, and then uh, I'll, get, I'll get back with Dorothy and see if she's got any ideas and any feedback. But I really believe this is what God is leading into. It's just complete, total surrender. So let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are with us always. I thank you that you hear our every prayer. You see our every tear, our every smile. Father, I thank you that you provide the answers. Even before we ask, just as your word says, you know us, and we know you. I thank you that we continually grow in familiarity with your nature, with your character because you're fully trustworthy. And the journey that you take us on, you're constantly showing us how much we can trust you above all else, above every situation, every problem, every issue. We can absolutely trust you. And we thank you, Father, that you are you're so trustworthy, so loving, so just, so good. Thank you for being who you are and never changing. Help us to live a life that's worthy of Jesus Christ as we focus our attention and we surrender ourselves completely to you. That Jesus receives the full reward of his suffering in our life. We lay down our failures and we pick up the success that only comes through trust. We lay down our preconceived idea for your kingdom and for your glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, Dorothy, I know um end up going pretty deep pretty quickly. <laughs> what are you trying to yeah, do? Yeah, that that was very deep and, and I was very good. Was very good. Um amazing how difficult we make things, you know? Um but if we keep our focus on him, that's seek ye first, the kingdom of heaven. Right there is just keeping our focus on him and getting to the point where we can surrender our whole selves. Because in our human minds, I think a lot of us think, well, if I surrender everything and he takes everything, I'm not going to have anything left of me. But it's the opposite I have found. You get more of yourself because because he, he, I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly, but he helps you get back to the point that he wanted you to 
the person he wanted you to be when he created you in in your parents, your mother's womb, was a parent, it's mm-hmm. this one. Um, so it's not that it's a taking away or a giving away, it's a completing. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And it's it's exactly that. You know, the devil has tried so hard to convince you God's will for your life, the plans that he's shown you. He, he's gone out of his way to scar your heart, scar your life with experiences, with memories and perceptions that contradict what God says about himself and shows about himself. Because he's scared of you walking out your destiny in Christ Jesus. Because it means that you destroy his kingdom. So this is the lie. This is the main lie. He wants you chasing your own tail. So you don't fulfill these things. You don't walk these things out. You don't get to know God. Because you're constantly thinking that something's wrong with you. That you're missing something when nothing's missing at all. You've been made perfect in the beloved. You've been made perfect in Christ Jesus. And I know, you know, the devil has a lot of us just sitting in the cage in the, or in the cave licking our wounds, our past wounds. And, and that's a big distraction for a lot of people. They get stuck there. Yeah. And we're, sometimes we even blame God. Yep. God, why did you allow this to happen to me? But if we're honest, he was telling us the whole time. Yep, been there, done that. Yeah. Right? Well, we want to blame him because we're looking for someone to replace responsibility on other than ourselves. And it's not so we can condemn ourselves, but so that we can realize we heard God. Hey, you know what? I heard him. He warned us. He told us. Now I know this ever happens again that I can listen to him and avoid the situation completely. I would keep taking the same road you're crying about hitting the same speed bump over and over and over when all we have to do is take a different route. Take a different route. Choose relationship with God over religion. Over an institution, over an organization. Well, Anthony, don't you have an organization? Yes, we have Be the Gospel. But it's not about that. You're not going to get to heaven and God say, what organization were you with? Let me see your names under this organization. No. Jesus never sent anybody away because they were affiliated or not affiliated with an organization. It's about knowing him and walking with him. 
Now, are organizations bad? No, they're not bad. They allow us to work together and accomplish greater things. Isn't that more important? That we can link arms together and say, you know what? Let's do this for the cause of Christ. Let's do this for his kingdom. It changes everything. And so right now, I can tell you, we're always looking for partners. We're looking for people to partner with us in prayer. We're looking for people to partner with us financially. We're looking for people to partner with us on trips. Come with us on a trip so you can see everything that we're talking about. Listen. Be humble. Pay attention. And you begin to see everything we're seeing. I had a friend. He went, he went to, with us to Brazil. I was telling him, I was like, man, bro, we're seeing amazing, God just doing amazing things. We've seen, you know, all these different services where God healed everyone. What? He goes, he goes, I believe it. I know it's possible, but I'm skeptical. Basically what he told me. So he goes with us to Brazil. He gets rocked. So he gets to the point where he's not even praying for people. He's not even laying hands on them. They're telling him the problem. He just looks at the translator and says, God said he just took it away. Check it again. And they check it again, and the person's completely healed. And he's completely rocked to the core. Because he realized, oh, my goodness. How have we been missing? How have we been overlooking You know? It's amazing. It's amazing the way Father works in a, a group of people that come together like that. Um, mm-hmm. We do it here in the States, like always have conferences and this, that, and the other. But I, I don't know if anybody else notices, but it's after the teachings and after the singings when people start praying for each other. Father really comes in hard when we're all together with that same focus. Let's get these people healed. Let's get these people saved. And he just comes, you know, and it's amazing. Totally amazing. It is. It is. And that's that's what I look forward to. I look forward to Tommy Hicks' vision. Dorothy, I don't know if you've ever read it. Um, but it's it's marvelous. Total chaos on the earth. Total chaos. Imagine stepping outside your front door one afternoon, right before the sun sets, and all your neighbors are out on the front lawn praying for each other. People are getting healed. People are getting delivered. People are getting saved. And it's just a beautiful chaos. And it's not for some organization to get credit. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. And if I can play still a small part in growing the awareness and stepping into this, I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm satisfied. But this is what God is planning for the United States. We are in the, in the brink of one of the greatest awakenings in the United States history, in the world's history. Look at what's going on in politics. Look what's going on 
around the world. Look at how the left acts completely demonized over every little thing. Yeah, yeah. Screaming and they—they're acting like they're, they're manifesting demons. That's being exposed, and the degree of the corruption that's being exposed. There's there's places all around the world where that's saying that the cabal is being dismantled. Right, the ones who are the puppeteer masters that are all behind the scenes, really the ones controlling the nation, are being exposed, and their their plans are starting to fail. Why do you think God's doing this? He's setting it up. The prime atmosphere, prime moment for the sons of God to manifest, to awaken to the yeah. reality, to awaken to, oh man, there's so much that, that he's longing and desiring to do in and through you all and with you all. That there's not enough time even on this on this program or any other program to discuss it all. There's a guy right now, and you you're thinking there's no way possible God could ever use it. I can tell you that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. And I believe that I'm getting getting a download from God, and God wants you to know that He was with you. In your teenage years, he he protected you, he prevented you from going down many wrong paths. And here you are selling him short. He's walked with you, and he's willing to pick you up where he's left off. It's you who left him. If you're honest with yourself, it was you who left him. He didn't leave you. But if you come back to the path and begin to walk with him again, you will run at greater speeds you'll see things happen at a greater capacity because it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And that person is Jesus Christ. I challenge you. Take the challenge, sir, to walk with God above your senses. You're starting to break up, Anthony. Anthony? Okay. Yeah, you're Good. breaking up a little bit. Are you in a dip? I know you were traveling. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I'm still. I'm I'm going through the hills to here to South Carolina, so. Oh yeah, that'll do it. But. Anthony? Okay, Anthony has dropped. Oh, and he called right back. Let's... Anthony? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Yep, so I noticed you. Basically, what I was sharing, that was trying hard not to get it out, um, is that. Yes, God created you to be analytical. And that's part of the how he made you so that you can analyze his word and 
realize that you can fully stand on his word, not that you can stand in doubt, because then you're not a believer if you're always doubting, right? You're a doubter. But so that you can fully rely on him and stand with him. And so I challenge you, walk with God, believe him, and you, you will not be disappointed. You will not fail. You will not falter. You will not fail at all. If you full and wholeheartedly trust him. Don't hold back. You've been holding back all your life. Be honest with yourself. You've been holding back all your life thinking that the world had something better to offer. And guess what? It hadn't. Nothing but failure and heartbreak. Yeah, I see that you lost your job and, and I don't know if you're in the middle of divorce or you're, you're being, or you've already been divorced. And you, you didn't blame God for that. It wasn't his fault. You know that. But step into him. See what he accomplishes for you. And I encourage you, contact me. You can email me at anthony at bethegospel.com. You know if I'm talking to you, it's ringing with your spirit right now. Again, it's anthony at bethegospel.com. I'll share my phone number with you, and we can have a talk. All right? And there's a lot more. I'm telling you, there's so much that God wants to show. He cares so much about you. Like he's telling me about this man I've never met. I don't know who he is. Or at least I think I've never met, right? And because he cares about you, he loves us cares about every detail of our lives. And I wasn't sharing those details to shame the men. No. Showing them that it's God speaking straight to his heart. And there's no hiding. There's no more excuses. That's something. You are God's best. Believe it. Live it. And walk it out. But Lord, do you have any other feedback? Any other thoughts? No, not at this time. Just that, you know, I I would agree with you on that guy. It is time. Now is is the time, mm-hmm. you know, to do that, to get back on the right path. But um, I was just picking up that it is time. Um, that's. I have no more questions, and um, if you're in a hilly area, we're going to lose you anyway. So. <laughs> You know, so, that was a very good. Okay. It was a very good teaching. Um, better the second time around. I was just saying, you know. <laughs> I believe so. Too. <laughs> God's been dealing with me on a lot of things, and this is one of the things um, I've I've really been struggling with the most. And it's very easy to go back to a lot of things I've studied out and what I know and do videos or, or do teachings and trainings on those. Uh, but to a certain degree, a lot of it is theoretical. It's philosophical. And something I've told God is, God, I don't want to bring something philosophical or theoretical. I want something tangible, something that I walk out with in my life, something that, that is going on that either you brought me through or I'm almost all the way out of that right. I can tell with, with 100% certainty, this is how it is. This is what the kingdom is like. 
and so that I can bring these things to light and share these things. Because if it's impacting me, I know it impacts someone. Well, I know I've been thinking lately about how we think about worship and what worship and praise is. And um, Mm. I've had a problem with the way the church at large talks about, well, you've got to praise God all the time. And I'm thinking, why? Is he some kind of narcissist or what, you know? And and what, (laughs) you know, the way I think of it now, as I've gotten older, it, it is a worship and praising is like a state of your heart towards him, that you love him, mm-hmm. so you adore him. And, and it's more a state of heart than a bunch of stuff coming out of your mouth, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've even done a teaching on that, that praise and worship are never... Those two words are never in scripture at all in the same verse. In the same but passage. that's all you hear, and yeah, you hear that all the time in the church, you know. Right. Right. And you find out that worship is basically you saying, "I surrender to you," it means to lick the hand of the master. That's what worship is. This is your reasonable. Worship, right? Paul says that. Jesus says in, in John chapter 4 that God looks forward to the day that, that, that true for true worshipers, that worship them in spirit and truth. And we right. think, oh, it's singing a song. It's not singing a song. That's praise. Praise is with music. Worship is with your life. Submitting yourself to And you go back to scripture, it proves that very simply, very easily. And so it's exactly what you're saying, Dorothy. It's a heart motive. It's a heart's intent. And it's not that you have to praise him, that you have to worship him. It's that you get to. You get to. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Your adoration and your appreciation and your love in praise. You get to. Willingly, willfully surrender to a good God and his team. It's a great topic. I think it's an amazing topic. A lot that the church has mistaken um, a lot of. But um, next next time we meet, I'm going to be launching um, the, the series called Lies That We Have All Prayed. And I'm going to start with the, the major lie, the lie of the lie above all lies that we believe. And I'm going to uh, I want to walk with you to, through Scripture and, and show you what I believe God's shown me, and see if we come to the same conclusion. And so I challenge you, you know, get your Bible, study it out, ask questions. And next week I, I plan to at least take 15 minutes so we can have a Q&A. So um, it's not next week, but two weeks from now. Well, we can have a Q&A. We can discuss this openly um, without getting upset or frustrated or any of that. It's very civil. And, and talk about what Scripture says compared to what we've been taught. 
and, and go from there. Because once you realize and expose the lie, it allows you to step into truth. And this is what we need to get. I look forward to this time. Also on YouTube and Facebook, we've launched another series called Counterfeit Christianity. And we've already done part one, which is Pharisee. So identify areas in your life that it actually resembles more of a Pharisee and getting it to line up to the Word of God by simply being humble. And so I, I, I walk through the characteristics of a Pharisee. Obviously, there's more than what I've listed, but just the ones that hit home with me, and I begin just sharing, you know, my experiences and things I've been through and, and how God's been bringing me out of being a Pharisee and out of self-righteousness into true humility and true surrender. And um, tomorrow, I will be jumping on and be doing one on phony intentions. Ooh, phony intentions. Counterfeit Christianity, right? So just a little example. A lot of us, we, whether we want to admit it or not, and if you are on social media, you've been guilty of this, right? We exemplify phony intentions. So let me give you a little hint. Let's say your friend's moving, right? And they say, can you help me move? And what we do on social media, because you can hide behind the the platform, behind the computer screen, we don't say, yes, I can help you move. We say, our thoughts and prayers are for you. Sending good good vibes that way. Well, I hope that everything comes out smoothly. Right? How many times have we said yeah. that and not actually done anything? And so I know this is kind of humorous if you think about it, uh, but basically I'm going to be going through, I'm going to show how uh, counterfeit Christianity shows phony intention while real Christianity shows works. Good work. Not bad work. Oh no, not 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 that four little letter word work. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna knock down some of the 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 bad mindset on good work because it says, you know, it's clear in scripture that we don't we don't work to become saved, but once we're saved, we show you our trust in God by our work. And so, yeah. So we'll dive into that. Um, Tomorrow, um, on Facebook and on and on YouTube, so join us. And I think that's it. I'm going to be signing off. Thank you for sticking around, spending time with Dorothy and I. Uh, bless you. I hope this has, has touched you. Uh, if if you have any testimonies, if you have anything um, from this, you know, show that we the program we started that that's really uh, been weighing on you, maybe you have questions. Please contact me. I love to talk with you. I love to chat with you. And it's at Anthony at BeTheGospel.com. Again, it's Anthony at BeTheGospel. You're feel free to ask any questions and you can that. Also, you know, Dorothy is amazing. And Dor- Dorothy didn't put me up to this, okay? <laughs> Dorothy's amazing. And, and she's, she's taking the expense of, on hosting all of us on this broadcast and this channel on BlogCop. And you know what? Show us some love. How do you spell love? M-O-N-E-Y, right? So send her a little gift. <laughs> show, her, show her that you appreciate her. And 
and just let her know that that you know you do care for her. You 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 are appreciative of everything that she's doing behind the scenes. I mean, she she crowds her. Uh, sometimes it's like a bunch of uh, hurting a bunch of cats, right, Dorothy? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. She helps with scheduling. She does all the programming and and everything behind the scenes. Um, she puts it up so you can listen to it later. Um, she does amazing things. And just, just show her some love. All right. Well, bless you. Thank you. And have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Anthony. Father, bless everyone. We'll catch you next time. Good night. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.